1966, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys went off on a songwriting bender and almost single-handedly created the band's 11th album, Pet Sounds. LSD may have been a big part of the inspiration for this album, but you don't have to be tripping to appreciate how much it deviated from Surfin' USA and California Girls. With a strange assortment of instruments, melancholy lyrics, and several of the Beach Boys' best singles thrown into the mix, this album might not make you want to get up and dance, but it changed the LP forever. It's a contemplative listen, so pour yourself a Malibu sunset and sit back to join us for episode 34 of Toasting the Classics, Pet Sounds. Welcome to Toasting the Classics, the podcast where we take something people call a classic, talk about it, have a drink related to it, and then we decide whether it's still a classic. Look at you. Yeah. It's like you got this down. That was pithy. That was pithy. That was downright pithy. <laughs> so uh, what are we doing this week? Oh, by the way, that is, uh, you are listening to the melodious right. sounds. The mellifluous voice of Dave MacArthur. The golden throat. Yes. Of, of Dave MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not describe me that way. Thank okay, you. Okay, sorry. And, uh, and Clint Lanier over on this side. So uh, welcome, right. everybody. This week we are talking about the predecessor to an album we already talked about. Predecessor, um, the, the, like the spiritual predecessor. Spiritual yeah. predecessor. This is... Uh, the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds, Debuted right. in 1966. Which we mentioned while talking about right. Sgt. Pepper's. Correct. And I was thinking, and I don't think this is something I'm actually going to do, but it'd be kind of fun to uh-huh. sort of follow the rabbit hole when we do one of these episodes to do the next episode on something that came up. But then I feel oh, like you'd end up just going too far. Into, yeah. Because right now we're getting, this is the second album from the same couple of years. I don't right, know. Pretty right, interesting albums, right. though. So I, I think it's kind of beneficial. But Had you ever uh, listened to this whole album before? I think I did try to listen to it years ago um, when I had heard it was a good album. Mm-hmm. And it's very sleepy, and it didn't grab me right away. Right. So I didn't, like, finish listening to the whole thing. Well, how would you describe this album? If you if somebody came up and said, Mr. Golden Throat, how do you describe right. Pet sounds. Well, first of all, that person would, uh, uh, you know, kick that person's <laughs> butt for calling me that. Uh, but no. Yeah, well, I would describe it as, so there's three big tracks on this album, three really famous tracks. Right. Uh, really good Beach Boys songs. And it's pretty much an outgrowth of those songs, the mm. rest of the album. It's a lot like that. You don't really notice what's weird about those songs when you hear them as singles as much as when you hear the whole album and then you're like, this is weird. This yeah. is different than, like, other albums. But I would describe this one as pretty chill. Mm-hmm. as really eclectic in its instrumentation. I, I, th- I thought they were going to be really eclectic, and it's really not. You listen to the album, they're all kind of the same sort of songs, but what's weird is a lot of the musical stuff that's going on underneath. Right. The songs themselves kind of sound similar to one another. Yeah, yeah, they do. But they do sound different than, than pretty much everything else. It did sound different than the things that had come before, and I checked, and the album that came out before this included hits such as Barbara Ann, mm-hmm. she's Give Me Good Vibrations, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's... Good. It, See, that was, I was surprised. Good Vibrations is after this. Oh, it is after this. I, right, I right. had to look that up yeah. because I actually originally was saying that, oh, if you were a big fan of Good Vibrations and you'd you like heard this, this yeah, album, right. you'd be kind of annoyed. Yeah, no, that's and right. And I didn't realize it's actually later. And then yeah. I listened to Good Vibrations again, and I was like, this is a weird track. Well, this is a really has, good song. It has song. that weird, that weird. Yeah, it's got all kinds of. Yeah, it's got all kinds of stuff going on in it. It's a but, really, uh, really but, cool song. But actually. Barbara Ann, what was it? There were a few others, like like staples. There's like, like Surfing USA, yeah, like Beach Boys like, staples, you know, right? Little Deuce Coop. Those, those, those came out before this, yeah. and then this hits, yeah. and it's like totally diverges right. from everything they'd made right. before. And uh, I think he had nothing to do with the beach sound. He was not interested in the whole beach thing about the Beach Boys. He was over it. He'd grown out of it. 
Well, you have to remember, they made this when he was like 16 or 17. They made uh, uh, Surf and Safari, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he I was mean, super young. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, I mean, they made it, was that in the 50s? Yep. No, I don't think so. The 50s. I don't was, think so. I think I think they I think their first no, album was, is like was, 61. Yeah, 62. 61, something like that. Yeah. Super early though and uh, They're almost exactly contemporary with the Beatles. Right. Well, it's he's like the he's, years where the Beatles are building their Brian band, Wilson, but the, the Beach Boys that, hit fast. Brian Wilson, the guy that wrote this entire thing, was 23 when this came out. Yeah. So Yeah. Super so, young. Yeah, I mean, he was probably like 17 when Surf Safari came out. Uh, but by that time Sounds they were they right. were superstars yeah. by basically being you know the 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 kind of goofy surfing stuff. This this actually, I think, if it weren't for this album, they would be like Jan and Dean. What's you know? Jan and Dean? Exactly, Jan and Dean. Did, <laughs> what is that? They, they did. I think they did another like um, "Won't Come Back" from Dead Man's Curve or something oh, like that. Sure. They did some of those it was songs. Like snuff music of the, of the <laughs> late fifties. Yeah. Well, it was like Little Deuce Coop, but with a different car. Right. You know right. that one was like a Mustang and a Jaguar or something. Well, they what? were prolific. There's a bunch of hits. They were prolific, this. but um, it's not something that you listen that you hear on the radio anymore, no. right? And it's not something that people point out and say, "Oh, you know, they're as popular as the Beach Boys" or something. I said Jan and Dean, and you're like, "Who?" Yeah. You know, and uh, you know who they're kind of like. Um, and this is sort of a, a different point, but they're kind of like the Four Seasons. Hmm. There's even the falsetto thing going on, okay. and like, but they're from different coasts. Yeah. And like when I saw, I ended up going to see the Four Seasons Broadway show, and mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh man, I didn't know I knew all of like those songs. ten songs yeah. by yeah. The, by the Four Seasons. I had no idea." Right. And when I was listening to these, like, I know I know the Beach Boys, yeah. but I went back and picked out some of the singles, and I was like, "Oh right, there's that one. Oh, right. and there's this one too." You so know, what were some? A, what were the three main songs on this? Sloop John B. Right? On this on this album, yeah. it's Sloop John B. God only knows, and um, wouldn't it be nice? Yeah, wouldn't it be nice? All right. of which I think are just. Bangers like those are those are great songs. I think Paul McCartney said, "God only knows" is yeah. the best song ever written, and I don't. I wouldn't like. He's not like dead wrong. It's a yeah, really it's good a song. Great song. Yeah. I was listening to it like multiple times when when I was listening to this album, and I was just like, yeah. Like when I was thinking about would I vote for it as a classic, the album, I was like, I think this song alone is almost enough to just be like, this is a terrific album. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you have to separate the two. Right. But. I was like, this is a good enough song. And yeah. I, Sloop John B is really good, too. Sloop John B is a different one because it was kind of a takeoff of an existing song. I mean, right, it's which a, I didn't, that's... Like a Jamaican kind of like might folk be, song or something Might be like my, biggest, uh, my biggest surprise. Yeah. It might oh, be sorry. that that's a cover. But yeah. he heard it from the Kingston Trio. So okay. it was a folk song, and I think it's from wherever Nassau is, which is Bermuda. Or Bahamas. Oh, it Bermuda? Okay. Bahamas, right? Bahamas, okay. Nassau okay. in the Bahamas? Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. It's weird. Right. It totally makes sense when you yeah. hear it. It's got a lot of sort of nonsensical stuff going on in the song. Well, it has. I think it has a lot of references to stuff that references is, to that things. is uh, right. Right. like, uh, you know, of import in the Bahamas. And we'd be like, huh? And it, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, okay, they're total West Coast guys, a beach boy. And you right. think of, like, L.A. and stuff right. like that, the beach scene. Uh -huh. And they're singing about the other side of the world. As far as they're concerned. Well, and then one of their yeah. biggest hits ever is Kokomo. Yeah, and Kokomo. Well, which is all that, about that, Korean. That's, that's a that's, whole that's separate a, story. Yeah. We don't go there. That's like that's like when uh, I, I read about it. I, yeah. the, the whole everything about Brian Wilson. Like uh, I did, I wouldn't call it research. I uh, would call it rabbit holing, where I just kept <laughs> reading about his life. He's a pretty fascinating guy. He's really yeah. interesting guy. Right. So anyway, but yeah, I was reading about that. Um, with Kokomo, so. <laughs> Kokomo. Let's not talk about Kokomo. Yeah, no, it's a that's a terrible song. Yeah, it's a horrible that's song. That's a terrible song. It's from the movie Cocktail, which, which again I was is like, terrible, is that a good movie? I never saw it. It's a terrible. I put movie. it on my list of movies to watch years oh, ago because I've never seen it, so I I still haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, I gather both of those are 
pop culture things was best, it? best forgotten. Uh, was it cocktail or was it? Uh, it's cocktail, yeah. Because oh, I, okay. I thought about doing a drink from cocktail, but the one most famous drink from cocktail, which is the red eye, sounds horrible. It has like egg in it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not something. I think that's something. like a, that's like a hangover cure or something yeah, like that. It sound, yeah. yeah, right. Drinking more. Good right. idea. Right. I've actually right. never resorted to that. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that that hair, was Hair of the idea. dog that bit you, you know. We had this say. guy. I used to have a job as a mover when I was in college. Uh, and out back of the moving company, there was an area for recycling boxes and recycling old stuff. And there was a trailer out there. And there was this wild man that lived in the trailer. A wild man? And we would bring him stuff. Yeah. He had these great big Coke bottle glasses and like hair, like uh-huh. stringy black hair all over the place. Uh-huh. And we went out there and we were talking to him one time. He said uh, he woke up that morning with a really bad hangover. And he'd already had an, an, a six-pack that morning to try to get rid of the hangover and it wasn't working. I was just like, oh my God. Like, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. He, we used, he needed more. Yeah. We called him uh, Crazy Pogo Ball Joe. Crazy we, Pogo we were, Ball? We threw away a Pogo Ball. We were recycling it and he got it and started jumping on it and his crazy hair was oh, all over the cool. place. And we were like, yeah. okay, that okay, is a really nutty guy. So Pogo Ball Joe. He's probably no longer with us, I would guess, from his. Uh, That's funny because the, the star of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood lived the exact same way. In a trailer. In a trailer. Yeah, a little trailer with his dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah remember yeah. that? Eating a... But not in the back of a moving company. No, but it, wasn't it like a drive-in theater that was defunct or something? I can't remember. It was like a defunct drive-in theater. He had like Could a be. weights out in the front. I mean, it was total... <laughs> <laughs> it was living the exact same way. Yeah, that guy was a little but, healthier than Crazy Pokemon. Right, Joe, well, it's because yeah. he worked out with those weights out in the front yard. Okay, was it just me or did... Is there a lot of like carnival sounds in this... In this album. What it is is there's just a lot of odd uh, instruments. Right. There, do you know what a theremin is? Yeah. It's like that thing where you wave your hands mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you don't actually touch it. Yeah. There's one of those. There's a guy taking a Coke bottle up and down a slide. Right. There's um, well, there's, there's uh, just all, it's just there's all kinds of odd bi- Bicycle bells. Like you've bicycle got bells, right. All yeah. kinds of stuff. And, and, so, uh, yeah, it ends up having kind of a like a carnival sound, like a calliope or something Exactly, like that and, yeah. and that took me to the Beatles right. album. Right. Uh, was it Mr. Kite, I think? The, fab, uh, the Benefit of Mr. Yeah, Kite. For the yeah. Benefit of Mr. Kite, yeah, where it's just all yeah. carnival sound. Well, Sgt. Pepper, there's a whole lot yeah, of stuff a lot like of that, that on Sgt. Pepper. Anyway, but uh, so, so basically what we've got here is a concept album, and a concept album, from everything I could read, I mean, the, the definitions are all over the place. Now, this is kind of defined loosely as the first concept album. Okay, right. well, what does that mean? Yeah. It's become... It came to be known as something like Tommy, right? Exactly, which so, is not this. Which this is not, is this. not no. like that. This is not but, a story. But, but what it what it is, it's an album that essentially can't be played live. That's one thing that that I got off it. Uh, that it somehow veers from like traditional music or musical narrative in a in a in a record. One of the big things I think, especially for this one, is that it can't be played live. Like they, there's you can't play this thing. They would never play really any of these songs I, live. I read Brian Wilson apparently has been playing it live today. Well, today but you can. there's so much more ability to yeah, today synthesize. You can. Well, you can, like yeah, that. you can have all of those sounds yeah. on a key, right? Yeah. And uh, But at the time, just like the Beatles, at the time, you could not take that on the road. That's why when the Beatles made Sgt. Pepper's, they were like, we're done touring. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just, we're just uh, all we're going to do is studio now. And that's sort of what this, this became. Yeah. And I think um, that's why the, they some of the other members are a little bit ticked off about it because. Well, I read an interesting <laughs> quote about it. They said that, and I think, I think it was actually from Brian Wilson and he was saying that he kind of needed to have a thing mm-hmm. and that's what this album was. Right. And everybody right. else was just kind of like, all right. Cause they were kind of getting to the point, I think 
where they thought he was leaving the band. Mm. Uh, he was looking like Diana Ross or George Michael. It was like, you know, Beach Boys featuring Brian yeah, Wilson sure. kind of thing. Uh, and I think they were kind of happy if he wanted to do this album and stay in the band, then they were fine with that. And that's the way it ended up going. Right. Now, well, And they all, get, they all got with a the whole, from it. So. But everybody made money yeah. from it, right. But the whole thing of keeping him in the band afterwards uh, is a super dark. <laughs> that's a lot, a lot of what I was right. reading. It was sure. like uh, like a hostage situation. Well, he, was, he, he went know? off the deep end. I mean, he really got super He went off the deep end, but and... all of them were like feeding him drugs yeah. and like keeping him in the band, oh, manipulating to, him and making him, him write yeah. things and stuff. It's, yeah. it's a really... Um, it's a really fascinating story. Like, it's only because he's still alive is the only reason there hasn't been a right. movie done about it because it would be sure. Like, I think that would be great. You know, a biopic a about Brian, Brian Wilson, Wilson would be amazing. Yeah. yeah, that whole situation is pretty bad. But I think they were happy to let him have this album. And as far as it being a concept album, it's like a musical concept album, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. It's yeah. not like he says, not like Tommy. Right. It's not a narrative. It's not it's, a story. This is what I'm doing. This is the first time anybody's done this kind of album, and this is what I'm yeah. going to do. Right. And he said he was inspired by Revolver, and how Revolver, there's different recordings of it. I want to say the British recording didn't have it, but the American version didn't have filler, mm-hmm. so it would just go from song to song throughout mm-hmm. the whole album, and that was the big thing that inspired him. <coughs> mm-hmm. I listened to it on Spotify, and uh, I believe they used the British mm-hmm. version, so you could you, there were stops between the songs. Yeah. I couldn't really hear it, but that album is like... <laughs> I just, I really like the Beatles. Yeah. I, I, maybe I'm just biased, but I was listening to it. I was like, this album is just amazing. <laughs> it's, it's just like Sgt. Pepper. Right. You know, it's every song is completely different. Mm-hmm. It's so much more energy in their music than when you're listening to Beach Boys. Yeah. Which the Beach Boys is, it's, it's good. It's yeah. kind of like prog rock. A lot of people say yeah. that this is sort of what gave rise right. to prog rock. Sure. And that's a lot of what this I feels like. I think the Beatles like. had more energy anyway. I mean, they, I think just in general. Like and the, and my, I, one of my favorite songs is Shake It Up Baby. When when yeah. Lennon sings yeah. that song yeah. and it's just he puts everything in it. But the early Beach Boys stuff. Turns out the guy is... he had he had laryngitis when he made that, <laughs> and and like you hear him and he's like really gravelly and like twist and shout. Oh, right? twist! Yeah, shake it up, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same song, right? Yeah, that's what I was just trying to think. What is that actually yeah, yeah. called? Twist so, yeah, it's twist and shout. I thought it was shake it up, baby. All yeah. right, but whatever it's know. called. Uh, but I mean, he just he's like screaming and his voice is like so raw because his yeah. His, Throat is raw, right? Yeah. But I, I, mean, I thought I, about this a lot. They're a kind of a high-energy band versus the Beach Boys is always kind of... They're a high-energy band. I think they're a higher-energy band. I think Brian Wilson is like a really um, introverted kind of crazy guy, and he's the most talented he's member of the Beach Boys. genius savant type And guy? it's not close. Yeah. And that's the, dif- <laughs> that's the difference. No, you're absolutely right. If you're right. like, yeah. who's the most brilliant Beatle? Yeah. I could make an argument for at least three of them. Yeah. And Ringo is probably more talented than anybody else in the Beach Boys other than Brian Wilson, right. just Ringo. Sure. And I think the reason why something like Revolver and Sgt. Pepper is just, it's just Brian, Brian Wilson's a one-man show. Yeah. The other guys, I don't even think. Well, which song did Brian Wilson do completely by himself? Like nobody well, else. he's even... writing with another guy, but right, it's no, a guy but there's, outside there's the There's one that he did the lyrics on, and he sang it, and he just he just did it himself. Like they didn't have anything to do with it. They didn't come in, they didn't do instruments uh, or anything. I don't know. I can't remember one of those. It songs. might be God Only Knows. I think God Only Knows is the one that I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe, but mostly the process of this album yeah. was with another guy, Tony Asher. I think it was Caroline. Was. No, could be the one at the very end. It I could think, be. I think that's the one that he did everything, including the the vocals on it, and like they had nothing to do with it. Like they weren't right. even in the studio. Right. And they're like, yeah. "What's that?" Yeah. You know. 
Well, yeah, I mean, they're singing on a lot of this stuff. In terms yeah. of the actual musical talent, I think they're fine. But yeah. in terms of, like, the songwriting and, like, the mojo, yeah. it's just all Brian Wilson. Yeah, all I him. don't really think they're contributing. Yeah. All. That's why Dennis Wilson was, like, sneaking him drugs, like to, like, to be on his side so he would come in and keep doing things for the band years later, like in the 70s. Yeah. You know? Because they just couldn't do anything by themselves. Although... In their defense, they did write Kokomo by themselves. <laughs> well, Brian there, Wilson was not involved with go. Kokomo. So. Dennis Wilson also famously uh, palled around with um, Charlie Manson. Yeah, I was going to talk about That's another one of my biggest surprises. Yeah, he, was, he actually it, lived with them for, it was the for guy, four, four months or something. So one of their producers, Terry, Terry, Terry Milker. Terry Milker, yeah. It was his house yeah. where the people were murdered for the Manson murder. That's right. So in a way, like Dennis Wilson, like introducing all those people, I think yeah. he introduced Charles Manson. To Terry Melker, something like that. Manson wanted to be. Manson a, wrote one of their songs. He, he wrote a Beach Boys. Song. He wanted to be a musician. Like he, yeah. that's what he wanted to do. Right. Um, and he was absolutely crazy. He was too crazy. Yeah. And but but Dennis in, Wilson, in a world where Brian Wilson could be employed, Charles Manson was too <laughs> right. crazy to exist um, in that world. But Dennis so. Wilson was like, you know, he was up on drugs. He just got divorced. Here's this guy that has all of these girls around him. Right. That they have sex like throughout the day, multiple right. times a day, basically a harem. I just got finished with a book, a great book called Chaos. Yeah, you were telling me about um, that. And it's it has part of that is is the story, that whole story with uh, Dennis Wilson's part of the story. Um, okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of. I mean, Dennis Wilson was had a bit of a dark streak to him. Yeah, definitely. See, he's dead, right? All of them are dead except Brian Wilson. I think. Are they? I think so. I think all the original Beach Boys are gone except Brian Wilson somehow. Got to research it, putting that. Putting on 200 pounds over the course of a year and like doing God knows God, what kind how of drugs, many drugs and, he did. You know, and he was, was like he was a hardcore, yeah, druggist. I mean, he was doing LSD and speaking of substance abuse, else. yeah, let's do that. Shall we? So I, I went pretty simple. I really tried to find out what Brian Wilson drank, but it was just all I saw was just whiskey. Well, he, he drank stuff after LSD. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Let's well, see. so uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see anything interesting in terms of that. So I went with a cocktail that seems vaguely related, which is the Malibu. Let me say this right: Malibu Sunset. Oh, Malibu Sunset. Okay. It can't be a Malibu Sunrise. Well, it could be, but that would just be what? Like so what, what would be in a Malibu Sunset? In a Malibu Sunset, we've got uh, pineapple orange juice mm-hmm. uh, and Malibu, and then we're going to garnish it with a little bit of maraschino. So Mike Love is still alive. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and okay. and Bruce Johnston. Carl Wilson's dead. No, that was their dad. Of course he's dead. Um, no, Carl Wilson wasn't their dad. No, I think he's another brother, isn't he? Yeah. There's your cocktail. That's a lo- lovely drink. Malibu Sunset. So it has what in it again? It is um, Malibu rum, or which is not mal, which is not rum. I right. learned. So it's Malibu orange juice, pineapple juice, and maraschino ch- syrup. In this one. In this one, yes. Cheers. And I actually oh. shouldn't have. It looked kind of weird, so I stirred it. But you're not supposed to. Yeah, it's supposed to give the impression of the sunset. sunset but right. anyway, cheers. Cheers. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, tasty. Could drink that all day. That's just like a punch that right. you'd have. It's kind of right. like. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's a lot like the sex on the beach that we did for another show. Yeah, it hasn't come out yet, but it's a right. lot. It's a right. lot like that. So uh, Malibu rum is more of an infused liqueur, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which I didn't. Un- I didn't know that. I thought it was like somehow just flavored uh, rum, coconut flavored rum, which is I think what it says on the bottle. Yeah, but I don't like think that's what it is. So there are some out there though. Uh, there's a company called Cruzan, uh-huh. which makes some different flavors infused that, yeah. rums. Yeah. Now we know that this did inspire, according to. According Paul, to Paul McCartney. Yeah, right? Paul McCartney, this inspired um, Sgt. Pepper's. So, Which, it's like I said, I just don't hear. It's a lot more subtle or something like that. The, 
it's the instrument instrumentation and things like that are, are, are like I said, pretty eclectic, but it's nothing like as obviously eclectic as Sergeant Pepper. Also, Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, just but but, you know, they're standing on the shoulders of somebody else. They're just taking it a step further now. Right. Because this is like, oh, we can use doorbells or we can use bicycle bells. Right. We can use all this crazy stuff. Supposedly, one of the or one of the Beach Boys basically played this record twice for um, McCartney and Lennon. Uh-huh. Like they, they were partying in London. And I think he was there for the album release in, in England. Okay. And they were like in his in his uh, hotel room. Uh-huh. And he put it on for him, and they listened to the whole thing, and they, let's listen again. Yeah. So they listened to it like twice, yeah. and like, wow, that's It was great. much bigger in England. Oh, yeah. It was huge in England. Yeah. Which is so funny and actually so typical, right? Here we're like, what do you mean it's not like a hamburger? Right. <laughs> you know, what do you mean an open-faced, you know, something Just artistic one, or something, you know? Yeah, one way to look at it, it, well, I was thinking about this. So you have to think about where these albums are from, Right. The Beatles are working in London, which yeah. in the 1960s is just like this incredibly culturally vibrant place, mm, right. right? If if Brian Wilson was from New York, it would have been equivalently like culture. But mm. they're from L.A. Yeah. They're not even from L.A. They're from like the Valley or something right. like that. That's not a very culturally vibrant place. You got right. one guy sitting in his house writing by himself and not having a lot of input from anybody right. else. I think that's why it's not as like poppy and just like, sure you know it just doesn't grab you the same it's way as good right? as it could be for where he was right oh, exactly we'll i think yeah. i think i mean it's kind of a small town back then right? yeah i mean it's not really like it's not really like the huge city that it is i don't today. know i mean hollywood is still there they're still doing all the movies and tv and i stuff guess like that's that. true i always wonder about los but, angeles but you are that. right i mean it is it as is an east coast guy i'm suspicious of la la is very much devoid of culture and it has been for a long time i mean the cultural place is always new york right yeah and then, then you had chicago second city after that um, L.A. was always kind of like flashy, more flash and glitz yeah. than, than culture. I mean, there weren't really any artists in L.A., like real artists. Andy Warhol was on the East Coast. They're all on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some truth to it. I think a lot of it just has to do with density. I mean, most writers. Because what I always notice about Los Angeles is I go there, and if I really, really carefully look around, there's mm-hmm. amazing stuff there. Yeah. But you can't just, like New York, you just walk down the street and you can't help but trip over amazing right. things. It's right. all put together so tightly. Well, yeah, it is t- pretty, you it, know? it's much more, it's not spread out. It used to be like that way in San Francisco too, but San Francisco's just such a trash heap anymore. It's Yeah, <coughs> San Francisco can be a little bit of a dump. It's, it's weird. Been, I don't really it's know. Been, San Francisco's well, like the terrible. way New York was when I was a kid. It's just sketchy everywhere. Yeah. It's a really cool city still. Yeah, well, but it's, I hope so. I like I like San Francisco. You don't want to you don't want to walk around with your kids at night, kind no. of. Thing, you know, like it's, it's, so it's. Why is that man squatting on the sidewalk? Yeah. Just keep walking. Yeah, just, just keep, keep going, walking. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it. Uh, but but I think I think there might be something to that. I mean, and and Brian Wilson wasn't really surrounded by no artistic people. Like I said, he's like a one man yeah. show. He's a, yeah. I think I get the impression he's an absolute genius. Right. Right. Just an absolute musical genius. But he's just one guy. And he's probably misunderstood you know. by his brothers and and uh, probably. and the rest of the band because you know they just want to they just want to make you know go out sing the hits mm-hmm. let's talk about surfing now and have some girls fun do some drugs like yeah. yeah yeah you know exactly. and and get all the girls and everything else and go on tour and he's like really thinking about stuff plus he had a condition too he had like some type of ear condition I think he was deaf in one ear deaf in one ear and he couldn't tour anymore he had to stop touring because of that. Condition. I didn't really real. I, I know he kind of didn't want to tour anymore. I didn't know it, was, it could I be, though. I think it was like some Nobody type of, really knows what happened to him. Some type of anxiety disorder, too, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. um, 
I think what a lot of what's going on with him is, like you said, I didn't think about this when I was researching, but he was like 16 or 17 yeah. when he became the Beach Boys. Right. And I think it's just kind of the child actor phenomenon. Plus, it's just his too, dad, too early. His you dad know, like, was an ass. His dad was abusing them yeah. all the time when they dad were kids. Was overbearing. You know? May abusive. have been the person that made him deaf in one ear. Might have, yes. That's one of the theories. Well, smacking him upside the head. Like, yeah. Th- there's he called it boxing, boxing he, your ear. In different places, he has said that his father did it. And in another place, he said that a kid in the block punched him in the head. Yeah. I, his, know. I, I know his dad was an overbearing jerk. Yeah, it sounds and, like uh, it. Um, basically took control and took credit, sold their the rights to their own music. Well, it just seems I mean, a lot like what happened to Michael Jackson. It's yeah. very similar if you're reading Joe about Jackson Brian talking. Wilson's history. It's just like... Joe ja- is it Joe Jackson? Is that his dad? I think so, yeah. Wasn't there a singer named Joe Jackson, though, that was pretty awesome? Jack Johnson's <laughs> not awesome. That's the Curious George guy. No, Jack Johnson's awesome. He was a, he was a boxer. No, not that one. That's a different... That's the Unforgivable <laughs> Blackness guy you're talking about from, from like, 1910 or yeah. whatever. No, no, that I'm talking about awesome. Jack Johnson, the, like... Poor man's Dave Matthews that did the uh, Curious George <laughs> song for the movie. Because oh, Jack, not cool. Jack. Not cool at all. You don't like him? I, I like the Curious songs. George song because my kids always like it. Make you banana pancakes. I don't yeah. know what that is. It's a song. Oh, okay. By Jack Johnson. Poor, right. The poor man's, the poor man's you call him? The poor man's Dave Matthews. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they had So a, he, he didn't want to tour anymore. Well, he was messed up. I mean, the right. point the point Didn't is, want to do the beach thing anymore. The point is the kid, is, the kid was, you know, he had, he came from... You know, he had a past, and, and he had some issues, and so he grows up in, in the spotlight. Well, his, his what they would call formative years, uh-huh. totally in the spotlight, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so by the time he's 23, man, he's been all over the world. He's lost a fortune because his dad sold them all out, remade the fortune because they worked really hard. Yeah, so maybe he just needs some type of escape, and that's what this is, I guess. Yeah, it just sounds like a mess. I mean, it just sounds like a combination of too much power and not enough. It's like you get famous really early, yeah. and then everybody's controlling you to get to use you and just, you know, kept on a cocktail of drugs and alcohol right. and insanity. You had that, this doctor. Did you hear about the doctor guy? Mm, I think no. his name is Lundy or something like that. That just kind of weaseled his way into the family, drained off millions and millions of dollars mm. of the Beach Boys royalties and stuff, but, like, controlled access to Brian Wilson. He was like one of those people in the Middle Ages that was like, you know, like in, in the Two Towers when, when Wormtongue controls the king. This, this guy's <laughs> right, like Wormtongue, right. but in real sure, life sure, yeah. for Brian Wilson. Yeah, he's like a, like a, like a cult almost around the guy kind, okay. of, kind of situation. But uh, it's a lot of weird California stuff. It all seems very California right. to have like a guru that's controlling your money. God, and, it's got to be. You know. Two years later, two years later, Dennis will meet. Actually, I think a year later, Wilson met... Manson, so this is 66, Summer of Love was 67. And Manson Murders are 69, right? Yeah, 69. So he meets him, I think, 69. Okay. So they start hanging out. Crazy, just a crazy time, you know. It really is. It really is. It's, 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 um, I think it's just why I got, I got kind of interested in reading about the guy. <laughs> it's just a really fascinating time period. Do you remember uh, Wilson Phillips? I do. That's, I didn't realize that was his kids. <laughs> yeah. I think I maybe sort of knew it was, but like two of the, girls from Wilson Phillips or Brian Wilson's daughter. That's right. How did he ever have daughters? Isn't their married? mom? I um, guess he, he was married, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, their mom, I think their mom is uh, in heart uh, or not. Um, really? Yeah. Is that heart. Nancy Wilson? I think so. Huh. Well, I'm going to look that up while you talk about something else. That's, that's interesting to me. That might be true. Yeah, she was a she was a musician as well, I believe. I don't have much to say about Wilson Phillips. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, don't know I just thought that was a funny connection. <laughs> There's not much to say about that band. I keep going to all, all the negative stuff like Kokomo. That's a negative. 
Pretty negative thing. Yeah. A lot of this album. So what's your what's your overall take on listening to it? Did you like the album as you listened to I it? I did. Well, I had never heard the al- the whole album before. I'd heard all the songs, you know, hmm. one point or another. Not all okay. the, not all the songs. Those those three main songs. Those three main songs yeah, I definitely know. But um but uh it was I, I think it was interesting because after listening to uh Sgt. Pepper's first and then going back and listening to this one, I could hear influence, like backwards influence, like, oh, I, I can kind of hear a little bit of like the circus sound, like I said. Yeah. Uh, calliope type of stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe that's where they got it from. But if you had you know, given me Revolver mm-hmm. and you said this was the album that led to Sgt. Pepper, I would have just bought it. Yeah. Because I hear what's going on in Sgt. Pepper already happening in Revolver. But... It's so. I think a lot of it has to do with. I think a lot of it has Brian to. Brian Wilson is such a good musician uh-huh. that a lot of this stuff is frankly over my head. Okay. I read the like music theory part of the Wikipedia article about this album, and I was just like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Yeah. I don't understand this. Like, right. you know, there's all these different modes and tones, and I'm just like, I, it's all just lost on me. Yeah. I think that's kind of where because it's a lot of musicians who really like this album. Right. It's not. Uh, it's not so much like your average person. I don't, I well, and then he he did get he was influenced by other stuff like uh, Phil Spector's Wall of Sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was an influence on him. Um, yeah, I went back and listened to a bunch of songs that supposedly have the Wall of Sound. The in Wrecking them. Crew. They're really good. Oh yeah, a whole bunch of really. It's like um, uh, what's the Bruce Springsteen song that had it supposedly um, Born to Run. And then, uh, like that song by the Ronettes, um, that's the classic Phil Spector one that's got it. That's like one of my favorite songs ever. I'm trying to think what that song is called, though. Is it Be My Little Baby? So what is Wall of Sound? Wall of Sound is essentially replicating each instrument to make it sound like there's four of those instruments playing at one time. But it's also just assaulting you with music from the second the the song starts. Yeah, second, but it's just so huge. Like, it's overwhelming. There's literally this huge wall of sound. And so you're... you're Be be my baby. Be my baby, okay. But you're... So if you listen to the beginning of this track. Okay. Well, it's not that loud. But there, see? Yeah. See how do, it starts do, out. Uh, see, do Born to Run, because Born to Run kind of does the same thing. It's the second where it starts out, it actually doesn't start that way. It starts mm-hmm. out with a boom, boom, boom. But then it's like, yeah. all, everything comes in all yeah. at once, and that's where you get it. Um, but it's also, well, anyway, yeah, it's also just taking all those instruments and making them, expanding them. See, that right. just right away. Yeah. There's a yeah, big, comes in big loud lick, like right at right. the beginning that just... And it, it never lets up on you. So, so, and that's sort of what he does. How come we've never, we haven't played any of these? Played any what? Of these songs. Oh, of the songs. Well, yeah. because I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's all fair use, right? You could definitely play songs. We haven't been doing that very much. I guess I was always afraid it would sound god awful. <laughs> Maybe it will, but uh, so I don't know how many. Can't of sound these... any worse than we already are. Come on. But you hear how that starts. Yeah. They just all start all at one time, yeah. right? Can't hear the that bass. was God only knows, right? That's God only knows, yeah. right? So that one starts out pretty. And uh, there's ones, that, there's some that are so slow. Uh, you still believe in me? A lot of these songs are I'm slow. I'm waiting for the day. But this album, I listened to it like three times, getting ready for the show, and mm-hmm. each time I listened to it, I liked the album more. Yeah. It's definitely one of those. Which, yeah, like what's going on there? Yeah, right. This so, song. This is Caroline Mel. Yeah. Which was actually a single, apparently. 
And at the very end of this, remember what happens at the end of this song? No, what happens at the end of the song? I remember that. You don't remember this? No. I listened for it. Remember at the end of end of uh, some of the Beatles songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I can hear the influence. Yeah. So yeah. It, it has this train going by at the mm-hmm. very end of it, and then he brings his his dogs into the studio, and has them go, you know, bat start crazy, barking, yeah, barking. barking and everything. Mm. Records all that, puts it in there, and that was the last. So that's the last track, on the last, or, yeah, on the on the album. Okay. Yeah. Unless you have, and, there's two versions of the one song. Hold on to your ego. So you can get an, you can get a version that's got "Hold On to Your Ego" as a thirteenth track after oh, that because uh-huh. that was the original name of the song. People thought it was too uh, LSD-ish, too LSD-ish and psychedelic yeah. to have that, so they changed the title to something else. But um, there, so there's two versions of that. I know there's an answer. Yeah, that's what that answer, song's yeah. also called. But um, that yeah. So that you know that that's pretty novel. Isn't it? Yeah, have a, that is. Have a train. That is, yeah, that is. That you know? definitely is. And yeah. people speculate, like, what does that mean? Does it mean like a a transition or an evolution from something old to something new as a train passes by? Blah blah blah. I don't know. Yeah, like, what was he? What was he going for there? Yeah. Right? Was he making a statement? But see, there's a lot of weirdness on Revolver. Like I was listening, I listened to it the other day. Well, like Yellow Submarines on there. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of like psychedelic almost type of stuff. A lot of really good songs though. Yeah. Uh, Eleanor Rigby is like one of my favorite yeah, Beatles songs. That's one ever. of the best songs. You know, yeah. it's really but, interesting. But in I think itself. I think those can all be played live if they wanted to. Like they could play all of those. I think so, but they started having trouble with Revolver, and then they definitely had trouble with Sergeant Pepper. Well, the point of Sergeant Pepper is we can't play any of these, right? Like like for real, and that sort of pet I think sounds it was sort of similar. Same. I think they kind of didn't want to. They didn't want to travel anymore. They were sort of... Well, no, the Beach Boys did. Brian Wilson did well, Brian Wilson. But I was saying yeah. the Beatles, I think, were kind of like, if They're this done. kept us out of, tra- yeah. out of touring, that would right. be kind They're of done. okay we're a, stu- we're a studio band, yeah. But one big thing about Pet Sounds that we haven't mentioned is that, and it seems weird because there were albums, right? But it was a transition. 65, 66 is where it started to transition because the record studios are definitely focused on sing- 45 singles mm-hmm. as being what sold. Right. They'd have an LP... But it was like to sell the, the 45s. Right. And this was the first time where it was really the idea was, no, no, this is buy this album. Listen to right. the album. You know, and I think it was one of the first big American records that did that. Right. And actually, Sgt. Pepper's is kind of like that, too, because, you know, we talked about uh, Strawberry Fields. And what was the other song on? Uh, but there was there was a uh, singles were released. And when you, you release a single, you wouldn't include it on the full album. Yeah. So, cause, uh, right. strawberry fields was written for Sergeant Peppers. And there was another one. I can't remember. Penny Lane. Penny Lane. Right. They released both of those. Th- I think those are the only singles that never went like gold for, for the, the Beatles. Oh, and, uh, and then, and they weren't included on the albums either. So I think, but they never did it again. That was the last one they did that. One too. So this kind of segues into another thing about this album. And a lot of things that were going on in the sixties is that I think that listening to a full LP, and this may sound like conspiratorial, but I think it might have to do with drugs. Hmm. I think sitting at home and listening to a whole LP uh-huh. is something you do when you're high. Hmm. If you think about it, what were people doing with music before that? They'd be listening to one song in the car or they'd be dancing with their friends and stuff. And people right. stopped dancing and started just chilling and listening to albums. Yeah. That's and a good I point. think it's drugs. 
Yeah, it might be a good point. And it's not just it's not just marijuana. It's also LSD, which was big. There's there's by my count, from what I came up with, which is not exhaustive, at least two references to LSD on this album. Yeah, Both what, of which, as we've learned, would be denied by the artist. Of but, course. What are they? So in Sloop John B, mm -hmm. it's like we said, it's originally a folk song mm -hmm. that um, had a line that said, this is this is the worst. Sorry, what trip? did he say? This is the worst trip I've ever been on. That's what Brian Wilson wrote. Yeah. But he changed the line to say, this is the worst trip I've ever been on. Right. Which is an LSD reference. He's talking about having a bad trip. Right which is not in the original. That's the only line of the song that he changed. Yeah. And then there was another one. Oh, I know there's an answer. Mm -hmm. he, t he says people trip through their days. Oh, right, right. And yeah. they're pretty subtle references, but I'm pretty sure considering how much LSD he was doing at the time that those are references yeah. to doing LSD. He was doing a lot. So, But, you know, the Beatles actually openly admit it. Um, well, no, they don't. Like they admit Lucy, they were doing the Lucy drugs. in the Sky with Diamonds, they said is not, yeah, which is that's totally total ridiculous. BS. Yeah, but even but even uh, Strawberry Fields, mm -hmm. uh, like it starts out, let me take you down because we're going to yeah. uh, Strawberry Fields. Nothing is real, right? And nothing to get hung about. I mean, it's like the the whole. It's a lot all more, yeah. Of the lyrics are just all about a trip, you know. It seems that way to me. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he. Uh, I think Brian Wilson actually said that. His first LSD trip is when he wanted he immediately afterwards he wanted to change the way he did music. Yeah. Like this was what came out of, not that he was like high when he did this, but that that changed his outlook on everything and just made him want to do different music. Do, mu you know do music that people would use to pray to God. Oh, he said. Well, there Which you is, go. If you ask me, that's uh, someone who's high. So <laughs> something like that. Now but, we've gone from there to Mike Tyson licking toads. Did Mike you hear Tyson licked the toad? No, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Apparently, there's a toad that that's. Somewhere in Mexico, of course, that uh, I've heard of that. It, yeah. it, it secretes this venom, you know, to, to keep animals away from, you know, keep them from eating it. And if you if you lick it, it, it it'll trip you basically. You so that's where we are. We're from Brian Wilson creating art to Mike Tyson licking toads. Licking toads, right? Well, but at the time, though, L LSD wasn't illegal. I don't believe was it. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was. I don't know. I don't think it was made illegal until the late 60s, maybe early 70s. I know there's still a research exemption that you can do. Right. You can have LSD in research labs. Well, I think, I think even medical, today, too, because people, uh, what do they call it? They call it uh, microdose. Yeah. yeah. People microdose as Heard well. Heard of that. Um, especially for, like, um, PTSD and, and a lot of kind of traumatic brain injuries and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which would actually make sense with Mike Tyson. Um, get boxed in the head for, sure. you know. Sure. I think he started at 12 years old. <laughs> you know, he was actually a Rhodes Scholar before he started boxing. Was he? Yeah, yeah that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was uh, fluent in ancient Greek. And, that's yeah. that's awesome. Really, it was just the punching that made him the way the way he is today. It made him punchy. So, did you ever think that the Beach Boys weren't cool? Did I ever think that the did Beach you ever have kind of an impression? Like, I don't think cool. of the Beatles and the Beach Boys on the same oh, gosh, coolness no. vibe. No, like I kind of thought well, of I, them as being the I cheesy. See, I see them as something. They're completely different things. I, I see the Be the yeah. Beatles as intellectual. I really did. Huh. Um, okay. The early days, maybe not so much, you know, um, because I want to hold your hand eight days a week. I mean, these are all like, you know, yeah. kind of, I mean, they're not about intellectual, but like genuinely they're, artistic. They're great songs. Like the later stuff. But the later stuff is, yeah, artistic. Well, I don't know. It, I don't really know if they're trying to say anything. It's a bit, well, it's a higher plane than, than yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Surf and Safari or something. Yes, but yes. The but, beach, the but beach like boys, you said, Twist and Shout is on the same level as the, Surf and The USA, Beach Boys found the me. formula and stuck with it for a long time until Wilson did this. Right. And then 
after this, you've got good vibrations. What are some other stuff? What, what came after this? That's pretty much the last of the stuff that you would yeah. know. I mean, I was looking through it, and there's all these albums I've heard of, but I don't know any of the music. Right. Like Smile is a really famous uh, Beach Boys thing okay. that Brian Wilson did that he had years and years that it took him to actually put it out. I don't know anything from that. Yeah. But Good Vibrations is after this, and that's maybe like the Beach Boys song, if you ask me. I remember that ways. from that's like, like a, their Hey Jude. There was like a know? soda commercial, like Sunkissed Soda mm -hmm. yep. commercial. Yep. And uh, had a bunch of people running on the beach drinking yep. orange soda. Absolutely. Oh, baby, me too. Good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like all over but the But see, that's why 70s. I thought of it as being corny. Yeah. When I was a was kid, a commercial? there weren't Beatles songs on commercials. The Beatles were always kind of. They were like the Disney movies that they wouldn't let you rent. That on happened video. after like, Michael Jackson bought their rights. Yeah, well, yeah, eventually they started. Oh, you yeah. mean, did he buy the Beach Boys rights? No, he bought the Beatles rights. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm so, kind of surprised that happened. But you, you never heard that story? No. Uh, Paul McCartney told Michael Jackson when Michael Jackson was, you know, when Thriller came out mm -hmm. and he was suddenly huge. Famous story. Um, maybe we should Snopes it just to see. But um, yeah. But no, uh, let's so just run with it. Supposedly, Paul McCartney sa said, you know, you made all this money. Good for you. And you need to make sure you need to protect it. Uh -huh. You should you need to buy the rights to music because they last forever. There you go. So he bought the rights to the Beatles music. <laughs> what a <laughs> Michael, jerk. Michael Jackson did. In fact, I know that happened because after Michael Jackson died, everybody was wondering what happens to the rights to the Beatles music. Right. I think Apple might have gotten it. Apple had it. Well, no, there's Apple Records. I don't think Apple's actually uh, – maybe. Well, remember, it was they never – They do have iTunes. the albums was, with a big Apple on it. Was there never, was Apple Records, yeah, yeah, but not, I think no, that's not, separate. They, not, Apple, not the Beatles' Apple Records. Apple Music. Apple may have gotten it too, yeah. Um, because it eventually came out on iTunes. Yes, and, then, and for the and longest time, for the longest time, it wasn't it was, on there. Yeah, yet. it wasn't. Yeah, I remember when it came but, out. But uh, yeah, deal. people double check that story. Just yeah, double check it for me. It, that. I'm we'll, pretty we'll, sure that's we'll true. relay that to our legal department. I'm absolutely sure that's true. Yeah, me too. Uh, unless it's wrong, and then I I will deny. Yeah, but in any case, their music was very playable. The Beach oh, Boys. Oh, we were talking about the. Uh, we were talking. Uh, yeah, I was talking about how I always thought of them as being kind of lame because they were like in Sunkissed commercials and right. stuff like that when I was a kid. And then even worse was Kokomo. And then at the same time uh. as Kokomo, they were on Full House, which, if you <laughs> ask me, is just like, yeah. if you ever want to be cool, do not appear on Full House. <laughs> like, I thought yeah. of Elvis as being lame. Because Elvis was always on, not Elvis himself, but the the music and like references to Elvis. Yeah, I was yeah. always like, oh, this must be super lame because it's on Full <laughs> right, House. Right. Like, this is where things go to die culturally, <laughs> if you ask yeah. me. But I guess I always just thought. But the, this this listening to this album and then hearing Good Vibrations again with mm -hmm. this like sort of avant gardeish sort of Brian Wilson version of the Beach Boys, it makes Beach Boys seem a lot cooler. Okay, but does it make the Beach Boys seem cooler? No. Right. The Beach Boys music seems cooler. Yeah. Brian Wilson's yes, I Beach Boys. Actually, cool. super unimpressed with it. I think Mike Love didn't seem to come out too badly from what I read, but like Dennis Wilson and the other guys just come out seeming like scumbuckets. <laughs> well, like, they were just all. I mean, they kind of they were hanger on, yeah. Yeah, hangers on, yeah, hangers on, yeah, hangers on. There you go, the plural of it. Brian was obviously the the brains behind the music, mm -hmm. and he evolved, and that's what you do when you're right when you're an artist. You evolve, right? You change, mm -hmm. and uh, even if you're at the top of your game. That's why Tiger Woods like would always change his golf swing, even when he's like at the top of his game. Mm -hmm. He's working on how do I make it better, you know? Right, right. And and people would be like, "What are you doing?" You know, that was working for you. He would just he wasn't happy with it. You know, he he wasn't satisfied. They were totally satisfied. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, come on, I want to I want to travel around yeah. the world yeah. singing, you know, California Girls." 
And well, that's the other difference between them and the Beatles is, like I said, like you've got the three, like just I think I think you could safely say like three musical geniuses in the Beatles. Artists at the very least. Three, three great artists mm-hmm. in the Beatles. Yeah. And they had trouble keeping it together. Yeah. And the, the band spun apart because everybody was going off in their own directions. Yeah. Whereas this one is like one guy who if they kept him high and locked in a room, <laughs> right. they could keep being the Beach Boys yeah. forever, which is exactly what everybody else wanted to do. Right. Like, I don't think Dennis Wilson was like, oh, yeah, I need to go off and do my own solo thing because I'm, sure, I'm sure. an amazing artist. You know, I'm an amazing just, drummer. He was like, well, he was we a, keep getting checks for the movie? He, he was a drummer after all, so. Uh, yeah, well, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's kind of hard to, there's, I guess there's probably some bands where the drummer is a. Uh, well, the Eagles, right? I don't Jenna, know. I don't Jenna. know the guys in the, beat, in the, in the Eagles. Who's, uh, it's uh, Glenn Don Fry. Henley. Don Henley is yeah. the, is yeah, the drummer? drummer. Yeah, okay. well, but he uh, could Then sing. he had Genesis. Phil Collins was, uh, was Genesis a drummer. Genesis is a good example. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And he went off solo. Yeah. But that was Robert Palmer had already left the band by that point, right? Yeah, but he took, a, he took so over. Phil Collins was sort of like the Phil Collins show. Yeah. Wasn't it, I think? Do, you, that, know the, do you know the names of the other members of Genesis? I don't. No, there you I go. have no idea. So. <laughs> Alrighty then. Yeah. So I think maybe it's kind of similar. But yeah, you're right. He's the, he's the drummer and he was sort of the, the artist in the group. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm just talking out of my butt. <laughs> I, I, I do not have any analysis hey, of Genesis. the dude writes stuff hand. for Disney, okay? Mm-hmm. They only let the best do that. Have you, seen the, have you seen the memes where they're like, no, just write a song for Tarzan. It's not a big deal. And then they show like him with the piano on fire. And I was like, I, I don't know if that song's that good, but yes, it's okay. Uh, that, that good anyway. I can't even remember how it goes. But. <laughs> Did Paul McCartney ever write anything for, for Disney? That's a good question. I, don't. I, I, like, I want to think that he did. You know what I found out the other day? I found out that um, at did. the end of Space Jam, when Bugs Bunny raps, yeah, that's uh, Jay Z wrote that. Are you kidding me? No, the guy's got his hands and everything. I mean, it's, <laughs> I think it's before he was famous. I think they were just like, "Hey, kid, you want to write something <laughs> yeah. for Space Jam?" And he was like, "Who can yeah, we I get? Guess. Oh, this guy's cheap." Yeah, yeah, he probably right because that was like that was worth like two nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety two, something like that. that. So yeah. anyway, uh, again, also something I didn't look up might not be true, but I think it's true. We do the minimal re- amount of research minimal for the show. Minimal amount of research. That's exactly so, right. Uh, just d- enough to make us sound like we know what we're talking about. Did you get where they got the name of the album from? Uh, yeah, the San Diego Zoo. Yeah, they just yeah, went to do yeah. a photo shoot of the San Diego Zoo. Yeah, it was Zoo. called Pet, Pet Sounds. Again, the lameness of the Beach Boys. Right. Right. Their idea for the sh- for the photo shoot was to go and have a bunch of goats at the San Diego, the San Diego Zoo. Zoo. And then you look at Revolver, yeah. and it's this like brilliant piece of artwork right. with all right. of their faces and things done together. And then Sergeant Pepper. Oh, Sar- like, Come on, Sergeant man. Pepper <laughs> is they hired an artist to do. Hey, that, man, yeah. you want to go down to the zoo and take some pictures? <laughs> hey, I got an idea. We're gonna be in San Diego surfing, man. It's gonna be rad. Hey, let's go to the zoo, take yeah. pictures for the album. Exactly. And he's like wearing a turtleneck. With a with a jacket over the turtleneck, like a like a two button jacket. Right, because it might have been fifty degrees in San Diego that day. Yeah. yeah. With a bunch of feeding goats, and that mm-hmm. was pet sounds. Yeah. Ugh. You'd like to think that that was kind of like ironic or something, but I think it's I think I think they were just kind of whack. I think <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they were that cool. I, mean, I, I think, think they just went down to the zoo yeah. to take pictures. But um, do, so, do you think it was just kind of like it seemed like to me, reading about it, like to Brian Wilson, this was a. This is something he had to get out of his system. Yeah. To the others, it was a paycheck. Yeah. That's all it was. That is what it sounded like. Yeah. yeah. Just I did, totally it didn't paycheck. sound like they had a lot of creative contribution Not whatsoever. Now they did sing and things like that. But they but didn't. They, I don't even. They never played. They don't. They didn't play on this album at all, did they? I, I don't, don't think they did. I, I know they do vocals on a couple of the tracks. Yeah, they had to, but um, but I think um, yeah, I don't think they actually did any of the instruments. That yeah. On this on this album. 
Yeah. I think it was all the session. and but. So tons of bands talk about this as being hugely influential, uh-huh. especially like indie rock. Yeah. Because like all that indie rock that came out from like, I don't know, say in 96 to like 2010, like mm-hmm. all those guys would be like, what's your favorite album? And they'd be like, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Really? Yeah. So many people said that. It might be where I heard about this as being like a classic album. It's just from hearing were, were a lot they, of Were they saying that to be like... It's hard to tell, right? Esoteric. Are they saying that because they're trying to be weird or is it yeah. true? Maybe it's true. I don't know. So, I mean, it's also the or Brian they, Wilson The Brian Wilson mythos is kind of fascinating, right? Well, so you Brian, kind of, Brian Wilson is, yeah. In but fact... Were, were they saying it because McCartney said it? Well, you know? one of the things I forgot to mention was that we, we talked about how it was way more successful in Britain, right? But one thing they did is they released the album stateside and it didn't do great. Um, mm-hmm. So they got like a PR guy and he created this campaign talking about this album was created by the musical genius Brian Wilson. And they brought that to England and it totally worked. Took off, and it might have been part of why yeah. it was successful there because they came out and everybody were like, they were like, listen to this album by this crazy musical genius. And people <laughs> right. were like, whoa, man, this is an yes. album by a crazy musical <laughs> genius. <You know? laughs> right. So well, in the states, what they did, I can't remember that the name of the, is it Columbia, whoever whoever released Capital it. Capital. They released this two months later. They released the greatest hits of the it, Beach Boys, and essentially <laughs> buried this album because oh, wow, yeah. they were so embarrassed by it. Well, they, Brian Wilson was devastated by the performance yeah. of the album. It may have been one of the things that sort of tipped him off into his years of like depression and right. stuff like that. He had trouble getting up off the mat. I think he. I think they spent like seventy grand on this album. Which I have at, no idea whether that's time, a lot or a little. Let me look I think, it up. No, you know I, what I, I read? It, I think it was a lot. I think he spent several hundred thousand dollars producing good vibrations. Alone. I think it was the most anybody had ever put on a single, on a single at the time. And I that ended think. up making its money back. But I guess that would be hard to judge. Did you want another hit? Yeah. Give me another hit. <laughs> that's a good way to put it here. Yeah, I think it was. 70,000 would be. So 70,000. Okay. I was right about that. Making, making it one of the most expensive albums ever recorded at the time. So it's 560 grand a day. Okay. That's how much it costs it, just to produce the album. That seems like what you might spend on an album. I don't know. Half a million for dollars? a big band? Half a million dollars? On yeah. A, on a Does it seem like a lot or a little? <sighs> seems like a lot. I don't know if you'd pay half a million bucks to produce a... Well, I don't know about 2021 because the music industry has completely changed. Yeah. From what, but like when we were kids, I mean, people, if, people if you tell me Guns N' Roses spent half a million dollars producing their album, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Mm. Like a big Maybe. Deal. I don't know. You know that doesn't I think right. there's like a Blink-182... They used to spend that much on videos. People used to spend a million dollars to put out a music video when we were kids. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, anyway, it, it was more than anybody had ever spent yeah. at that point. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it made back its money, but um, it was a big disappointment to him. I don't think it... I don't know whether the Beatles albums, the two albums that we've talked about, would have given birth to prog rock, which is, for me, it's kind of a mixed bag about yeah. whether I'd be like, oh, what, what can we do? <laughs> but, but like Queen. Right. Sure. You couldn't have Queen without prog rock, and yeah. I, Queen's pretty awesome, yeah. so... A lot of the other stuff, sometimes it's okay. Yeah. I don't really have a lot to say about all the, like, you know, revolutionary time signatures and stuff that people use. I'm like, that's kind of boring to me. I, mm. I don't have enough musical knowledge to enjoy that. Um, but, you know, those are my big things, I think, towards this being an important album, mm. is the direction of music and the direction of albums and, and you know, just, just a lot, like you said, a lot of the things influence even just on Sgt. Pepper's. Right. It's a lot of stuff like that. So did you... Is it time to talk about biggest surprise? Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. What was your biggest surprise? I guess my biggest I didn't realize that that Brian Wilson basically, it, this was his album. It should have been Brian mm-hmm. Wilson. You know, Pet Sounds. Okay. Um, I guess I was surprised by how little the Beach Boys had anything to do with it. 
They came along. He'd already had it written. He'd already had everything arranged. They came to the studio, laid down the vocals, got the paycheck, and left. That was it. Uh huh. Um, so that was my biggest surprise. Was I always thought it was the Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. Right. But but learning this told me a lot about the Beach Boys. That the Beach Boys were just kind of a cover band for Brian Wilson. Yeah, sort of. You yeah, know, sure. If, if you think about it, I mean. They, they're kind of like a boy band, what we would call a boy band. Yeah. Like NSYNC never wrote, wrote any of that stuff. You know, it was a group of writers. But it'd be it like if Justin else. Timberlake did. Right. Like if he was just yeah. writing all of NSYNC exactly. songs and then the other guys would go out and dance. Exactly. Like, it'd be like that. And so. I, I would look at him in a whole new light. Yeah. But I yeah. don't because no. he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that would, would be fun. To but do. it would be like that. So it would be like if, if one member of NSYNC actually knew music, <laughs> you know, yeah. and could, could arrange music and write lyrics and everything else. Well, in his the, defense, the I think he probably does, but I don't think he wrote the music. But no. I think he's probably pretty. Yeah. Oh no, he's. I he's, think he he's, knows his music to some extent. He's definitely know. probably yeah. more than likely talented, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. Most um, likely. Yeah, maybe. So uh, that's that was my surprise. It was just how how I mean I knew that he was kind of considered the brains behind the, the Beach Boys. I just didn't realize it was this much. So right. How about, how about you? Now that I've blown all your surprises. Uh, yeah, a couple of them were killed, but the connection to the direct connection to Charles Manson was was a huge surprise. Was I was like, okay, idea. so so far I think I've had a couple that have been about serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> there was the one about the the um, the Unabomber. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was right. one of my surprises. I don't yeah. know that stuff. Just I that's interesting to me. Yeah. I don't know for some reason. Kind of weird stuff. It is weird stuff. So the Charles Manson thing, the Carney Wilson thing, mm-hmm. her being his daughter. Yeah. And then the other one was that Good Vibrations mm-hmm. was not one of their first hits. It was more like one of their last, last hits. Last hits, yeah. That's weird. I, that, that surprised yeah. me. I was, I was surprised by that. But then but, again, when you And also to it was it, when I listened to it, I yeah. was like, oh, obviously, this yeah, is way now, more sophisticated now sound. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. I totally get yeah, it. I just, I in my head, I'm just like, oh, I'm thinking about good. It's, but it you just listen sounds to the like music. a pop song yeah, you listen from to the, the Sunkiss commercial or whatever crazy, the heck yeah. it was, or Orange Crush, as you said. Yeah. So that'd probably be my biggest surprise, one of those things. We sort of talked about them already. We didn't uh, preserve them for the close of yeah. the show, as is our want. So I think we have to talk about whether we're going to toast it, which to me is an interesting question for this one. Yeah, I think... Um, and I think we should continue. So I know it's yours is the deciding vote, because right. obviously if it's a tie, but sure. I think we should talk about whether we would vote about it individually as well. Mm-hmm. You know, not just, oh, what does Clint think? But like, because I'm... I don't know what to do either. I'm sort of on the I fence. Would, I would actually vote this as a classic. You, would, would, yeah. you would toast this. Yeah, I would toast this. Yeah, I, I like I said, any album that has God Only Knows, mm-hmm. which I think is one of my favorite pop tracks of all time, yeah. would already be pretty close. And right. just the history of the album, uh, l- knowing about the guy that wrote it and its influence on other yeah. things, I think I kind of, I don't really want to listen to this album so many times because yeah. it's so sleepy. Yeah. And sounds I, old. I'm the, I'm the same way. But you know what? You know, I, but I, I think when somebody does something new, and it at least sort of works, because this guy, he did, this is this is new. This is a concept yeah. album in that nobody had done this. Right. Nobody used Coke bottles on slides and all yeah. this other crazy stuff and, and used that in the arrangement, right? Nobody had ever done that before. Mm-hmm. Part of it might have been tripping, but part yeah. of it is also just being able to think about, wow, I think this will work. You know, just thinking to yourself and like, and, and 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 being in that zone, and when you've got you know? like when modern listeners listen to it and they're like, oh, this is a good album, but right. like almost everybody rejected it at the time. Right. That's always an indication to me that you really did something special. Yeah. It's like everybody rejecting Monet. Yeah. You know, it, they're just like, oh, this is crap. But everybody today looks at it and they're like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is you know? genius. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
I think that's a good indicator that you or did Picasso something. or something like right. that. Right, you, know? you, you broke new ground. Right, and I think that's kind of right part of being a classic. Right? right, in some ways, some of the classics aren't really breaking new. And ground, that's sort of, and I've talked about it before, but you know, Picasso famously said that I had to learn when I was twelve. I had to learn to paint like a master, so that when I was old, I could paint like a child. Right, and um, and it's kind of like knowing the rules so that you can break them. You have to know the rules Absolutely, first. Absolutely, yeah. And so Absolutely. they come along with this totally in the era, pop-driven, you know, pop song. And I imagine you know, Brian Wilson probably felt in 1965 like he had mastered pop music. Exactly. Nothing right. to learn from the way it was So really I'm going to break the rules now because right. I've, so I've rules. Yeah. gone as far as I can go here. Yeah. And, th- and the thing about it is, like, he could have been safe and just, I'm just going to keep burning this candle sure. for as long as I can because yeah. that's what the other members wanted, no, you know. Yeah. Guy like that, and, with and the musical sensibilities that he had, he would have killed himself. And you're right. All that, the Beatles did that because they progressed from day they all one. Progressed, yeah. you know? I think Ringo so, would have been happy to just drum in the Beatles for 50 years. Yeah, now, I'm not saying he's yeah. not talented. He is. Right. And I, in some ways, he might kind of be one of my favorite Beatle in some ways. Mm-hmm. But I think he was like, I'm, yeah. I'm playing drums in the Beatles. Right. I'm not leaving this. Yeah. You're going to have to pry my cold, dead sure. hands away from these drums. Although he did you know? quit. Well, Paul he, he, sued he, to break up the band, and everybody ended up. No, he quit before then. He, Is that he, right? Yeah, because yeah, the oh, infighting okay. got so bad between uh, John and Paul uh, before they broke up. Okay, I didn't realize that. that He's like, you know what, guys, I'm done. Hmm. And they tried to do. I think it might have been Revolver without him. And they're like, oh, like early on, yeah. He left. And they're oh, like, okay. they're like, you need to come back. You know, we need you back. You're the only one that can can really kind of sort of do this. Uh, so I just, you know, I look at I look at someone who takes takes a chance, throwing away everything that he did before. Mm-hmm. To do something new, you got to respect that. You got to right? respect even that. If, even if the result isn't something that like is my favorite album to listen to, but the result's still good. That's what I'm saying. Is no, it's it, still a good. Is album, it, yeah. it like you know? It's not terrible. It's no. um, you know, certainly different. It's not poppy. It's not finger snapping. But maybe he wanted to get away from that because that's all the stuff was before. Mm-hmm. Was and he was like tired of chewing bubble gum and singing about you know California girls and stuff. I mean, he had there's a song we didn't mention. Yeah, California, California girls. girls so, right, of course. But I mean, which the Beatles covered. Kind of in uh, on the White Album with uh, back in the USSR. Oh, back in the USSR. When they're like, you know, yeah. the Ukraine girls really knock me. Yeah, that's right, like yeah. a like a that's a Beach Boys yeah, cover. Total, basically. Total, yeah, totally. I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, me too. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I will toast this one. All for right, sure. Great. All right. Well, then uh, then I'm I'm going to lean over and say I toast it as well. Make it unanimous because I think that's what I was going to do anyway. So. Perfect. Well, we hope you enjoyed this uh, wonderful special. Episode of mm-hmm. Toasting Classics. And is this a special uh, episode? Is this one where I get molested or something? What's special about this episode? No. Anytime I've got the golden throat in front of me. Oh, God. I have the opportunity to have a good conversation right. with you. It's, um, so they're all special. They're all special. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I hope you will join us again next time. What are we doing next time? Next time we are back to book. And it's a book of your choosing, which has been very Oh, that, 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 very, that short story. Yes, the short story, Catch-22. Yes which I'm still working on. <laughs> Hopefully I will. I think I'll be able to get it finished, but um, never want to see the name Usarian yes, ever I'm again. Crawling through this book. So we <laughs> right, will. Uh, well, thanks for sticking with it. It'll be worth it. Um, and thank you for sticking with us. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. Yes. That really does help the, the uh, podcast get listened to. The more we trip up Apple's uh, algorithms, the, the better we do. So <laughs> Absolutely. We want to fool the man. Yes much as possible. So thanks for joining us. And uh, until next time, Toasting the Classics is out. Bye. That's it for episode 34 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, check the notes next week for the drink for our discussion of Joseph Heller's novel Catch-22. Sorry about the delay. If you'd like to get in touch, 
Please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let us know who's better, the Beach Boys or the Beatles. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @attractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics. Thank you.